What an incredible uh, week we've had uh, so far. How many of you have joined the prayer meeting at one of the days? One of the days. Come on, put up your hand. That's so amazing. Thank you. Thank you for all of us who have leaned in uh, to this time. It's, uh, it's a really powerful time to consecrate our lives before Him and to seek His face and to pray and to worship. Things change when we pray. Things change when we worship. And I'm so proud of you. Uh, tonight, the ones, I'm going to give some chocolates tonight for the ones who have done it for seven days in a row. And so um, if you have done seven days, come back tonight. Don't miss it. Otherwise, you'll miss on your chocolate. Um, I'll get my chocolate. But um, it's so good to lean into the Holy Spirit and what He's done. And uh, wow, we had about 40 or 70 people every night. And I mean, I think it's revival. I mean, even the 21 days last year, or earlier this year, the 21 days we did, we had like um, maybe 20 or 30 every night. Of course, it's 21 days. So it was a long, long day. And uh, one or two of you actually made it for 21 days in a row. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. What a commitment, you know, what a sacrifice. And now we had seven days, which was wonderful tonight. It's not tonight at 6 o'clock, tonight at 5.15. It's a normal time, but we're going to incorporate... Uh, this whole time of consecration and prayer and, and, and uh, fasting uh, into this day. Um, what a wonderful week this has been. Consecration really means to be set apart for God. That's what consecration means, to be set apart. It's like a purification. You set time aside for God. God becomes your most important. And it should be your most important anyway, every day, of course, of the week, every day of our lives. And it's really when we consecrate our lives before God and we basically, what we do is we, we, we go deeper, we seek His face, we take time for Him. And when we fast, we fast a meal or we fast Netflix or whatever you're fasting, we fast something and instead of fasting or as we fast, we then lean into the Holy Spirit more. We do something that we normally don't do. And so it's beautiful to set ourselves apart for Him, aligning ourselves with Him loving him blessing him and you know there is a cost to consecration because it is a bit inconvenient what do you mean mucking around with my schedule i've got a great schedule god you know but he's asking us to let go of our schedules let's go let go of our agendas and to let him be our priority this morning i i said i'm going to say it later but i i'm going to only do a short message because yesterday I had a wonderful message prayer this week. I was so happy. I was putting my last little things on in my, my room upstairs and just worshiping Jesus. And suddenly God says, change it. And I said a word that I shouldn't say here. And that was my flesh. I said, Lord, I don't want to change this. I worked a whole week on this thing, you know. I said, change it. I said, Lord, I don't want to change it. I said, okay, I'll change it. And then he said, just go. I says, I he says, go. I want you to speak about the fire. I want to speak about my fire. Because after a week like this, he says, something happens in the fire. Something happens in my, he says, and this morning I saw, you know, we are standing. We are standing. It's a bit like standing um, by the burning bush as a community. It doesn't matter if you haven't prayed this week, if you haven't been to the meetings. Don't feel bad. Just make sure we come next time. You know, priorities do matter. It does matter. And he's changing our priorities. It does matter what you do with your life and what you give your attention to. And he's standing at the burning bush and he said, take off your sandals because it's holy ground. Your life is holy ground. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a holy ground. 
In the Old Testament, the reason why he took the, the shoes off, he said, the reason why, because God wanted nothing in between, but nothing in between him and his holiness. So he take, take the shoes off because they represent the dirt of this world and dirt of stuff. So take it off and stand bare feet. That's why Josh stood bare feet here before. No, he didn't, but it was, it was, it was great. Great timing, Josh. Great timing. There's something about the holiness of God in this way. This is just amazing what's happening. You know? There's a real cost to the secret place. Time, attention. But the fruit of consecration is beautiful. It's a changed heart. It's a changed life. It's a changed church. It's actually a changed world. It's actually a changed world. Without consecration, we won't do anything. Without prayer, without... Jesus lived out of his consecration. He couldn't do any miracles without his consecration before the Lord. He spent time every day. He got up early before day, before light, and sought the Father's face. He said, Lord, what I got to do today? I need you. Because he couldn't do anything without the Father. And we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything without consecrating our lives before him. He consecrated his life all the time. It's his consecration that empowered his ministry. It's our consecration. It's in the secret place. It's our prayer life. It's our worship life. It's our time that we spend with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, with Jesus Christ. That's the time that's actually going to strengthen your life and everything is going to change. The thing is, Lord, we look up at revivals and, Lord, revival, bring revival. And we think revival is, Lord, the miracles and the salvation and all the stuff. And Jesus says, no, no, that's not revival. That's the fruit of revival. Revival is you being revived. Me being revived. Me becoming a literally walking, talking bush of fire. A burning one. And so God says yesterday to me, he said, talk about the fire. I said, wow. You know, Joshua, before they went into the promised land. See, if we want to go into a promised land, this is what happened. They came out of Egypt into the promised land. And Joshua says this, before you enter now, we're going to consecrate ourselves. Joshua, well, let's say Joshua 3.5. He says, he, says, he told the people now, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, God will do wonders, miracles, amazing things. Depends what translation you use. Miracles. Because he did, didn't he? He, he, he? Miracles to get into the promised land. I tell you something, church. You need a miracle. We need a miracle, God, to be able for us to get into our promised land. It's not going to happen without us consecrating our lives before him. Without prayer and worship and, 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 and leaning into the Holy Spirit for his power in our lives. God has so much in store for this church. So much in store for your life and for your family. And sometimes we put our family first. We think our family is always first. God's first and family and then other people. But I'm talking about the family instead of God. And we say, Lord, we want your family saved. I want my business to thrive. I want my things to do. And you work harder and harder. Harder and harder, and Jesus says, Hello, Woo! what about me? If you want your business to go harder, you go to me, you don't go work harder. Mike Bickle said this Mike Bickle says, There are lovers and there are workers. Lovers get a lot more work done. I tell you, if you become a lover of God. If you are filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, you get a lot more work done in your own time, but also God will start doing things. First the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all the other things will be added onto our lives. So we don't chase the fruit of revival, which are miracles, breakthroughs, salvations. What we do is we consecrate ourselves. 
We do like Jesus did. He says to spend time with his father before the breakthrough came through the whole time. Every day, miracles, 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 thousands of miracles all the time. No books can even contain what happened in those three and a half years. That is so much stuff. But the reason why is because of consecration. Is of course dealing into the Holy Spirit. We should not do what God is meant to do. He says, consecrate yourself. You love me. You seek me. And then I will be the breakthrough God. I will look after you. I'll see your family saved. I'll see your business thrive. I'll see more things in your life. That's the way we put the cart before the horse for way too long. Way too long. I'll tell you what happened to me yesterday. I was on the floor and I repented before the Lord. I said, Lord, what I've made this church to be, what I've made my life to be, Oh, that's simply not good enough. I'm talking about performance now. Because I was doing it in my strength. Yes, I love the Lord. I want everything. And we do, we do. We, our team is wonderful. And we try to do the best services and make everything right and blah, blah, blah. But there is such, so easy for us to then go ourselves and say, man, it's actually about me now. It's actually we do the services and we determine and we determine the time and we determine what goes where, who, what, if, in, yes, no, whatever. What? And the thing is, though, we do it through our whole lives. But then Jesus says, it's my church. Hello. And so I was on the floor, which I haven't done for a long time. I did it on Thursday, too, the prayer meeting. On Thursday. If you want to do an anointed prayer meeting, people, come to Thursday at 12 to 1, lunchtime. We all have lunch, right? 12 to 1 on Thursday. And we're going to start, we're going to now, I just want to announce it, too. We're going to also continue the evening one. Because many people feel that 6 is a good time to pray after church. I saw after work, and then uh, you still have the night. So we want to start on Tuesday, Tuesday, this Tuesday. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to just keep doing it. Now, it may not be here. It may end up here because when, you all, when we all have the revelation, we'll have hundreds of people here every Tuesday from 6 to 7. But that's okay. We start with the early adopters, the ones who are leaning in, and then the others will follow because they will get so jealous, the others, of what's going on. They says, I want that too. And then you come too, you know. So Tuesday, this Tuesday, we're going to serve 6 or 7. I have no idea where. Maybe the boardroom. I've got no idea where we're going to be. But we're going to 6 to 7 every Tuesday, a bit like we did the whole week this week. We want to keep on going. We're not going to drop the ball now. We're going to be a house of prayer for all nations. That's what God told us to be. That's what the church is meant to be. We're going to have a house of worship, house of breakthrough, house of miracles, and a house of worship. And so we're going to lean in because miracles are happening. Did you know that last month has been the busy, busy, <laughs> The biggest, hello darling, hi sweetie, she's so gorgeous. Do you know it's the biggest income we've ever had in the history of this church? And the reason why is because of the, yeah, thank you, praise the Lord for that. And I'll tell you why. Because it was half for the house and this thing together. And a lot of people gave half for the house. I think we're about 141,000 at the moment. Our goal is about 150 or even more. But the thing is, though, what happened was a lot of people paid the money already, gave the money already. So what happened is we had over $100,000 in one month in our account. Guys, this has not happened. The general giving, the tithing is also growing. All of you guys are faithful. New people coming. People being faithful, getting giving numbers. Faithful to the Lord. Bless you. It will actually bless you and bless us and bless the whole thing. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is the month before, we had $2,000 left in the bank. Zip. We had nothing. I said, Catherine, now we can just walk away. There's nothing there at all. We have no building. The building, we don't own anything. We don't own the building. We don't own anything. Well, it's my drums. Yes, my drums. And some, and some guitars here, you know, pianos and stuff. But I, we don't own anything. And I said, Lord, I lay it all out down for you. It's your church. Do whatever you want. And then the next month, we are $100,000. I mean, come on, guys. That's a miracle. 
That's just absolutely incredible. And I'll tell you what happened. So thank you for your faithfulness. But I know what the miracle is. You know, the miracle is not your faithfulness because it is a miracle. I'll tell you what the miracle is. The miracle is that we are leaning in. That we are putting Jesus first again in our lives. And I'll tell you something. You want to break through your family, your business, whatever. You put Jesus first in everything, particularly in your money. You put Jesus first and you watch what's going to happen. We had miracles right there in the corner. AJ, I want to hear your miracle about your car. Not right now because I have no time. But the thing is, though, I want to hear your miracle very soon. What happened there was just incredible. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle happening because that's what happened when you consecrate your life before him. When you put Jesus first. When you pray. When you worship. Everything starts happening. He loves it. A bit like a family member. If you are father or mother and your children want something said man come on just love on me and you love on me anyway and I'll give you anything I mean I'm such a good dad I'm such a bad dad I'm such a good dad but I'm such a bad dad because I just spoil my children I give everything to them that's what it is you spend time with God you spend time with you, you just give stuff that's what it is <laughs> so God is God is, is calling us into this the, into his presence he's calling us deeper into his love into his fire into the Holy Spirit. And I feel my life changing in front of my own eyes. I said, look, Lord, I don't know what's happening, but things are changing in my, in my life. God says, I'm a consuming fire, Gideon. Yes, see. I repented, man. I gave the church back to God. I said, you have your church. I don't even want to be a pastor. If you don't want me to be a pastor, I don't, I'll go somewhere do something else. Whatever. I just want to give it all back to you. The service is back to you. Everything back to you. Staff, you name it. I give everything back to you because I want you to do what you do. I want you to be the Lord of this house. Now, he has always been the Lord of the house in the sense that we say it, but the thing is that we go deeper, don't we? And we, we give back more because it's things that you take back, right, in your life. So I would give over this thing to him. God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God with reverence and awe. Come on, we've been doing this the whole week. I said this morning, Catherine, we're coming here and worship. It's so wonderful to worship Sam and, and the team. It's so wonderful just to worship God. And I thought, we've been doing this every Every day this week and it's been just amazing it's just like the early church acts 2 they met together every day in homes and also in the, the the synagogue like the church like this and I've experienced this this week we had lovely dinners at different homes you know it was wonderful and then we came here for worship that's how it's supposed to be and I'm not tired right Josh we're not tired are we no, God is just doing here. It's just moving in our lives. It's just moving in our lives as well. I'm not tired because my priorities are changing. His presence is powerful. It's glorious. You know, His fire is His character. God is a consuming fire. His love is so amazing. His love is like fire. And He is so absolutely beautiful. It's the substance of His glory. It's the substance of who He is. Now, you don't have to be afraid of fire, guys. There's a neg negative connotation of fire when your house on fire, you know, a car on fire. That's bad, you know. But the fire of God, fire also empowers, you know, and empowers all kinds of the cars and whatever. The thing is, though, it it's empowers in your life. The fire is God. It's actually part of the Holy Spirit. So we have the, the water baptism. That's a wonderful baptism. And that really represents Easter. Because Jesus gave his life to us, and he took the sin of the world upon himself, went to a grave, and then rose victoriously. And when we come into Christ, we have the same process that we also go into the waters of salvation. We come out in a new life and a resurrected life, and that's Easter. But then 50 days later is Pentecost. That days later is Pentecost, and this is what happened here. John, this is John the Baptist now. Look at this. He says, he answered the question and saying, I baptize you with water. We just had it this morning. But someone who is coming soon, which is Jesus, who is greater than I am, so much greater than I am, that I'm not even worthy to be his slave. 
or, or, or untie the straps of his sandals, he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and we sometimes miss the fire. Well, the Holy Spirit is the fire anyway. I mean, he's the burning bush, you know. He's the fire, the cloud. He's everything. It's the fire of God. He, God is a consuming fire. It's so time. And so in a time of consecration, we actually engage with the fire. We choose to engage with the fire. And as we engage with his character, as we engage with his fire, and we engage in his love, then we are transformed from one glory to another glory in Jesus' name. And then his manifest presence comes. I'm too excited about this. Last night it was the word. At the end of the thing, Andrew had a word here and says, God, you're going to give a hammer tomorrow morning. Not, not often people say a hammer. So the hammer, like, and I couldn't believe Josh. I mean, you were not part of the meeting at all yesterday. And then, and then we go upstairs to pray. And, and Josh says, I feel like, like a hammer. I mean, you cannot, I mean, I never, we never talk about hammers here. I'm not a carpenter, you know. I mean, it's not hammers. But the thing is, though, it happened yesterday. And this morning it was confirmed by people who are not in that room, don't know anything about that room. So I don't know what the hammer is, but it's good. I mean, a can hammer, you know, he's like Thor, you know. <laughs> of course, you think sometimes about a hammer crushes me. Well, yeah, some of the stuff in your life needs to be crushed. Praise the Lord. If you want to take it there, do it. If, it, if that's for you, then take it. Take the hammer and say, that's stuff I don't, I don't want in my life. That's stuff I don't want in my life. But there was a hammer. Something about the hammer of God. Something about this thing is happening right now. Anyway, three things very quickly about the power of fire. Fire powers the first one fire always empowers it's like an engine it empowers your life i love the scripture in titus 1 uh, 2 sorry 11 to 14 for the grace of god has appeared to offer salvation to all people it teaches us to say no everybody say no 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 to our ungodliness and to worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good <clears throat> His grace, His presence, His gift to us, His fire helps us to say no. We are a holy people, not to set apart. We actually are meant to be holy. We're actually called to be holy. God says, be holy for I am holy. Okay, I've got another scripture for you. It's in a different translation. God says, I am holy. Be holy because I'm holy. In the ESV, it says this. Be holy, for I'm holy. Hammer down. A while back I saw holiness over this nation. We were praying in a meeting. I don't know what meeting it was. There's so many meetings these days. And a meeting. That's good, isn't there? So many meetings. Not Netflix. That's worship. <laughs> Prayer. Much better anyway. Who cares about the stupid Netflix? I mean, Chosen is good. <laughs> Who cares about the rest? It all indulges your flesh. What are you feasting on, girl, boy? What are you feasting on? What are you feasting on? What are you feasting on? 
I'm telling you, more and more I'm feasting on his presence. I'm feasting on his word. Meditate on him day and night. That's what it says in the word of God. And as you do, you become free. No more guile. No more stuff in your life. No more fear because perfect love casts out all fear. There was a word this morning. Some of you are still afraid. Why are you still afraid? If you are afraid, there's something to do with guilt, something to do with stuff, something to do with your own whatever performance, whatever you're going on. Perfect love casts out all fear. Go into the chamber. Go into your secret place. Let him love you. Your fullness of love. Even the hardest things. Man, I honestly... So many things, even still for this church, come against people. Even Catherine and myself. Still people come these days that just laugh at it. This is funny. These people are so bundy. It's like whatever. Because I'm in a different place right now. I'm in the Holy Spirit. I'm having a great time with the Holy Spirit. And it just washes over me. Of course, I have to deal with stuff. I'll deal with stuff. I have to deal with stuff. But I'm trying to say to us is that sometimes we put the car before the horse. We think we're in charge. We do all this stuff. We go after all this stuff. We think it's in our own strength. And here we go. And we go in life. And you completely fail. Because we can't do it in our own strength. We're never called to do it in our own strength. We were always called to go into the yoke of Jesus. He says, take up my yoke. My yoke is easy and light and bring rest for your soul. I want to live a restful, soulish life in that sense. You know what I mean? Restful in the Holy Spirit. Self-control. You know what happened? I had a meeting the other day, and this was so clear. You know, I was always, maybe you too, I, I used to always be so sin conscious of my life to not do stuff or to do stuff, right? This whole thing. And there was this kind of battle the whole time, you know. I want to do this, you know. I want to do this, you know. And, and I shouldn't do this. And, and so you're all involved about that stuff, right? You go after that stuff. And then you fail and say, oh, sorry, Lord, it's dumb, and go back again. And this stuff. And that living is so tiresome. You get so tired living that life. I don't even want that life. And Jesus says, I don't want you to have this life. Look around. Look to me. And so the whole thing that has changed in my life is not so much me wanting to deal with stuff. We always have to deal with stuff. We take captive those thoughts, right, and make them obedient to Christ. I get all the scriptures. And that's what I've been doing all my life. Really active. The problem is, though, the focus is still wrong. The focus has to always be Jesus. And if we change our focus, then suddenly we are sun-focused and not sin-focused and not about the deficiencies and the lack and the problems and the whatever stuff, what is not happening. No, we are looking at stuff that is happening because He is faithful, He is awesome, He is true, and all that kind of stuff. And I tell you, when you lean into this kind of stuff, which we have been doing this week, but you are not off the hook because we're going to keep doing it. We're going to live a life of consecration. It's not going to stop tomorrow. I'm so sorry. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So tomorrow, we do it again. And Tuesday, we pray again. And we keep on going. And we keep on going. And I tell you, when your focus changes to the Holy Spirit and to the Father and to Jesus Christ, then these things become totally I like this. I love the song. We often say it here, but it's so good. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look into his marvelous face, and the things of earth will grow, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. They really do. These things become dim in the light of his glory and his grace. You feast on his glory, his grace, his word, his Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, worship, listen to good stuff, like that kind of stuff. And then you find that you're not even attracted anymore to this life because your desires change, because your desire is him. He is the desire of the nations anyway. He's the desire of everybody. So we lean into his presence. We lean into his Holy Spirit. And these things we don't even think about. But if they do come up, then he will help us to deal with those things because you are so strong because you are in this place 
That is the difference that I've seen in my own journey in going into the secret place and spending time with the Holy Spirit and the Lord. The, the difference, the difference there. To be able to deal with that. He gives his grace. Second thing is his fire purifies. And I got this straight away yesterday morning. He says, he says to me, he says, when you get close to the fire, you get exposed. I thought, great. You get exposed. See, what happens is when you get close to the fire, then the motives of your heart and the attitudes and those feelings, and they get exposed. But you know, instead of what I used to have, I think, man, I don't even want to go close to God, firing. I mean, he's such a fire, and he's like, Mah. you know, here, I'm so afraid of him. Instead, now, you're in this place over here, and you love him so much, and he's so kind to you. He says, Gideon, what do you think of that? Oh, man, it's no good, is it? No, it's not good. Give it to me. I said, okay, Jesus, give it to you. And I said, yes, and? And then you walk life, I said, how come that stuff is gone? Where's it gone? Oh, yeah, I gave it to Jesus. Things change into your life. Actual desires change in your life. Doesn't mean that you don't have to keep the flesh in tone. Tone? Check. Because the flesh always wants things opposite to the spirit. So you always have the flesh that wants stuff. You want to eat crazy, sex crazy, whatever crazy. It's always that there's this urges in your body, from your body, that's always going to be a battle for you. Always going to be better for you and me. But I'll tell you something. When you live in this life, you're able to say no to those other things. Or say yes in the right circumstance. Sex within marriage. Male, female. We adopt the mind of Christ. The third thing is that, that, that uh, I haven't got much time for worship, but I'm so sorry. I really want to have so, uh, I was going to talk soft, slow, but I, not slow, I mean like uh, short. And I, I, I am, I'm finished. I am, two to go. Guys, I'll tell you something. If we really get this, if we really get this we will have such an incredible revival because we will be revival and that will be completely unstoppable and then the world will come and they will see it and it will flow over into the world and then the shadows you will heal people in the shadows I mean your shadow will fall on people like Paul had in the Bible Peter Last one, the fire realigns your priorities. That's the one of the things, the most important thing, your priorities. <clears throat> and I have a question for you because God told me this morning that question for the church and for me. Watch me. Is God going to be your, my priority? Is God going to be you, my priority, our church's priority? I'm, I'm saying really true. Is he going to be our priority? See, we submit our wills to him. Your kingdom come, your will 
be done in my life as it is in heaven. So we surrender our will. That's what I was doing yesterday when I was lying on the floor prostrate, and this, again this morning, just to prostrate before the Lord because I want my heart, my attitudes of my life, I want those to go away. I want those selfish ones, those fleshly ones, the things that are out of kilter. I want those things to be ripped off out of my life because I don't want those things. They trip me up anyway, but they're not good for me. They're not good for anybody. I want to be completely aligned to the will of God. That's why I had a vision last year and I knew something was on. Jesus says, I want my church back. I said, what do you mean, Lord, you want your church back? He says, I want my church back. I said, what do you mean? He says, I want my church back. I want my church to come back to a first love. I want my church back to a bended knee. I want my church back to consecration. I want my church back because I know that they will do, they will do so well and they will grow and they will be everything I've called them to be. But without it, it'll be a nominal Christian, almost like what we see in Revelation. Look warm, spit them out. Don't like you. Look warm. Hot for Jesus, passionate for Jesus in every way. And so God is calling us back, back to basics, back to the Bible, back to prayer, back to the fire of God, back to the things of the Holy Spirit, back to consecration, back to sacrifice, back to all those beautiful things. Sometimes our lives are just too easy, too easy. And sometimes we don't even make time to come to a prayer meeting. too soon I'm serious guys I don't want to play games anymore otherwise you can have the mic and I'll walk away I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do this church without you guys we're doing this together you're not going to get Catherine and me to do all the hard work and, and concentrate I want us all to do this and I thank for all the people who came here but yes it's a stern word I'm also a father of this house and Tom does this discipline involved and I, I want to say to you for the goodness of you for the goodness of me for the goodness of this house that we would not carry this together Catherine and I, but we all would carry this together. And I want to vow before the Lord, I would like to just prostrate before the Lord right now. And just say, Lord, I want to prostrate myself for you. And all of us in the spirit to prostrate and say, Lord, we surrender our lives to you afresh. We surrender our church to you afresh. We surrender everything to you afresh. And you have your way. You have your way. Isn't that a great prayer to have? I love this, you know, at the end, last, last verse. It's the same scripture. In the Passion Translation, I love this. Since in Hebrews 12, since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart. Watch this, guys. Let's say it together. As we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe, for our God is a holy, devouring fire. Lord, we publicly do repent. Repent is metanoia, to change your mind, change your heart. Lord, we repent of the ways we've done it. We've done a lot of things in our own way, Lord. This church and our own lives at home, our businesses, our workplaces, our families. Lord, we do it so much out of our own strength. And we think that we are so smart. And Lord, we want to just repent of our selfishness. Lord, we repent of the things, Lord, that we've made it to be. We're coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, Jesus. All about you, Jesus. 
Father, help us to consecrate our lives before you. Help us to consecrate. Help us, Lord, to live in the fire of the Holy Spirit every day that is so empowering in our lives, Lord. But it's also so beautifully purifying, so beautifully taking those things of our lives which don't belong in our lives, which just trip us up anyway. And, Lord, to realign, realign ourselves with your Holy Spirit. Realign our priorities, Lord Jesus. Lord, we come into the secret place. We come into, into this whole thing of, 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 of consecration. And we want it to be a lifestyle of consecration, Lord. Put you first in our lives. We lay down our lives. I'm just going to, just very softly, maybe this song, but I'm actually going to lay down. I'm going to lie down. I know it's very awkward for you guys. I actually don't care uh, what, what I do. Uh, I'm going to lie down because I just want to do that. Because I want to I want just consecrate. As one of the leaders, Catherine and I, the leaders of this church, I want to concentrate and give over this church to Jesus afresh. That he can have his way. And if you want to do it in your spirit, you want to do maybe you just bow your head or you want to lie and prostrate somewhere else, that's up to you, whatever. But I want to just have, this is actually a holy moment. We're actually a holy moment. God is, is preparing his bride. We are his bride. And he's coming back for a spotless, pure bride. And so we, we want to get rid of those motivations. We want to get rid of those things that are other, other, other than. So I know what you want to sing over us, but I'll sing something over us. But just for a moment, just this is holy moment right now as we spend time at the, at the burning bush, if you like. This is holy. Consecration before Jesus.